Hi, welcome to In Perspective. I'm Bob Branco. He's Al Hensel. Al, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. I hope you are. I am. Thank you very much. We have a very special guest on our show who recognizes a common problem that has to do with traveling throughout the country, and I would imagine throughout the world, you know, because when you go to an airport, you're not only going to travel within the U.S., you're going to travel around the world. And the problem seems to be focused on persons with uh, disabilities. Uh, we have an advocate who is trying to pass some legislation that's going to make things a little bit better for us at airports. She's trying it out in Massachusetts. I want to welcome Cassandra Xavier. Cassandra, hey. How, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. Explain what the problems are, Cassandra, and then tell us what the legislation that you're trying to pass is going to do to curtail these problems. Okay. So the problem is, you know, people with disabilities, especially us blind or deafblind individuals, we travel with distance communication equipment. And a lot of these things are very foreign to sighted people or anyone without disabilities. So to them, it may seem like something that costs about $5, but you might want to add a couple of extra zeros behind it because, you know, these things are not cheap. Um, and so we travel with these things because we need it. But the problem is every single time we go through these things, there's either one or two things broken in our bags, especially after we ask them to put the fragile tag on it and we need them to please be careful. We ask politely and respectfully. We don't get all mean and rude about it, but we ask very nicely. And still, you will witness them open your bag and pour everything out on the table like it's a sack of potatoes. And then you get upset and you don't know who to talk to to get these things fixed. Instead of, you know, like most people, sometimes they go on social media and they cry about it. But me, I went over to Beacon Hill and I spoke to my legislator and I said, I want to create legislation that would enhance disability awareness training that will teach all airport and Massachusetts employees to recognize us folks with disabilities a lot closer, a lot more, and, you know, respect our personal belongings because these things keep getting damaged. I like to travel and I would like to continue traveling around the world, you know, without the fear of my things getting broken and having to repair them. It's infuriating just thinking about it every time I want to fly. And I haven't done so since then. Um, this legislation got started when I came back from Minnesota, uh, March of 2017. And April was when everything started to unroll. July 7th, the legislation got filed. And Tuesday, December 5th is supposed to be the hearing at the State House for this bill. Um, my intentions for this is to have it go nationwide because I feel like it'll benefit everybody with or without disabilities. It'll teach people about disabilities as well. Disabilities of all natures, in fact. Um, so it's supposed so, to, okay. So the legislation will mandate awareness training for staff at airports? Yes. Generally speaking, Cassandra though, 
it's not only persons with disabilities that have these problems. It's anybody. I'm sure that if someone is careless with your equipment, they're going to be careless with anybody else's equipment. So maybe, in my estimation anyway, the awareness training that you're proposing should be general in nature. I know disability awareness is an important piece, but anybody who travels probably gets frustrated when this happens to them. I agree. But are these people in general relying on these equipment on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, no, but let's talk about the equipment more specifically. What types of equipment do you bring with you that are, that are you know, delicate, fragile, expensive, just to point out what you need? Um, Braille displays, um, FM systems, and phone loops for my hearing aids, my laptop, my iPad, and my phone. Um, those are delicate things that I use on a daily basis. Yes. And I don't think I travel without my, I don't travel without my Braille display or my iPad. And if I do leave my iPad, I have a secondary device with me. And you're right about the cost of these items, Cassandra. Al and I have talked about this before. I've discussed it with numbers of other people in regards to how much these items cost you pretty much have to spend a whole government check in order to purchase an item that helps you or helps any other blind or deaf person. It's amazing, but that's a subject for another day. But just the mere fact that airport staff have to recognize they might not see this equipment that often because of their daily routines, yes. but they, they need to learn just how valuable these things are and how expensive they are too. Mm-hmm. I agree. And Cassandra, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bob just addressed a point here as well. Um, this awareness training, albeit tailored toward folks with special needs and the understanding of, of the procedures in inspecting this equipment, I, I think, and, and how specific uh, protocol should be implied in order to make sure that this equipment does not get damaged and, and you know, can pass through TSA relatively quickly. To Bob's point, my, my kind of feeling here is um, this should basically open up basic respect and decency for everything that passes through their power view. Am I correct? Correct. So, I mean, you would you would think that this kind of training would be um, and not not at all to, to take anything away from your legislation because it is necessary. But you would think that this this sort of thing should be just done automatically out of respect for people, for all people's belongings. I, I'm, I'm wondering now, I'm thinking about the most fragile piece of scientific measuring equipment and how precise that thing is, how well placed in a very durable box and suspended in air and in foam, etc., whatever that might be. I'm giving an extreme case. But one would think that just that alone, when somebody sees something the way it's packaged, gosh darn it, open it up, handle it carefully, replace it exactly where you found it, Close, close the box and and have it be on its way. Uh, I mean, 
and I am grateful for your legislation, believe me, but but I think to Bob's point, Cassandra, I think that this should wake people up. Mm-hmm. In full agreement. You know, you spend your bag, you spend your time fixing your bag exactly the way you need it. You should get it exactly the way you put it when you're done with TSA. You know? I totally agree with you. When do you think this legislation will be heard officially? It should be heard on December 5th. December 5th. Yes. Okay. And, and who is going to be hearing this legislation? The Committee on Persons and Children with Disabilities. Um, it'll be at the State House. And um, I believe that's the only committee that's going to be there thus far. It's under that committee. Under that committee. Okay. So, Cassandra, tell us, um, because I'm sure you're eager to see this, like, Im um, implemented, like, what, three months ago, right back in July. You were, you were just getting it rolling, and, and you were probably thinking in your mind, my goodness, I, I can just imagine all the people now going through TSA and having, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars wrecked you know, by mm -hmm. care, by just carelessness. So how, how long do you anticipate the whole process taking place to eventual fruition? We'll stay optimistic. Um, keeping the optimism and, you know, staying as realistic as possible. I understand these are not an overnight process. So I'll give it a couple of months. I'll give it like three or four months to take place. And at that point, the bill should be to the floor, ready to be um, voted on, are you thinking? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. And then I will hang back on flying around, too. And I'm sure you encourage people throughout the country to establish similar legislation to take back to their state governments. Or, yes. could, this, or could this become, Cassandra, a federal legislation? I would like it to become a federal legislation. Um. Oh intention you know i wanted to give it a foundation in massachusetts i see because people travel all over the country and all over the world yes. and and just because massachusetts will likely be made to mandate awareness training by its airport staff what about rhode island what about vermont what about pennsylvania what about all these other states oh, like yeah. you mentioned you mentioned minnesota now you went to minnesota now mm -hmm. the people in minnesota Hopefully they're okay with this, but say that you have some careless people at the Minnesota airports. It's all well and good that you've got this going in Massachusetts. So now we're just hoping that every, everybody else falls into line. And to me, the simplest way would be to make this a federal law to yeah. mandate awareness training. Do you, yes, have yes. Any, do you have any aspirations or thoughts as to how, I know we're looking beyond what's going to happen in Massachusetts on the 5th. But mm -hmm. do you have any aspirations looking ahead as to how to get this federally? Um, I do, in a sense, you know, contacting the other state reps at the uh, in different states, because my intentions were to have this come become nationwide, right. you know, starting with the other neighboring states and spreading out slowly or however quickly this can go. Because the quicker, the better, actually. Yeah. Um, 
I want I want this to be a nationwide. I want this to be a federal legislation. Um, I, this is my first time ever doing such a thing, so I'm learning as I go. Is so this in the is this in the news, by the way? Because I must admit, I have not heard this on the news. I um, this is not in the news, surprisingly. Uh, I would like it to be. Well, and so and this, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. And this is where the shame talking part comes in next. Now, yeah. before before you get into that, Cassandra, because I'm actually thinking about other people who are, you know, they 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 consider themselves, you know, workaday folks with disabilities. They get up in the morning with dignity. They go about their day. Um. They're productive, they come home, and things happen to them directly. And, and I'm actually thinking about your blog, which I read last night. Things happen to them that um, directly relevant to their disabilities, whether it's, and I know you're going to get into this, but by jealous people, by, by just folks that don't want to see us necessarily succeed for whatever reason, and they yeah. sort of put obstacles and, and uh, stumbling blocks in our way. I'm actually thinking, Bob, and I'm going to kind of throw you out there a little bit, although I don't think you're going to be too upset when I do this. Bob's a great, great friend of mine, Cassandra. I'm extremely loyal to this guy. and I'm going to help him in any way I can. And I think it might help other, other people as well on this forum. Bob is in a situation right now where... His disability and his girl, his fiance's disability are causing a, a glitch in them being able to get married. Now, I know this is different, but I'm wondering if there's an, a relatively simple way that you could describe to Bob and other listeners in similar situations where they need legislative help. What the sort of process is to get this kind of thing rolling? You know, how do we how do we reach out to specific people with with our needs, and and how do we get people's attention? Um, first, I would like to just say I think that's called coattail writing. Um, you know, coattail writing. Every time you see somebody, you know, persons with disabilities actually trying to live. Uh, you know, a life that they deserve to live and you're just pulling on their coattails to interrupt it. And that's exactly what's happening with them. Yeah. With the coattail riders um, or heel steppers or heel riders. Sorry, heel riders. Interesting. Um, you know, you know, heel riding when you're st when you're walking and someone steps on the back of your shoe and they mess up your stride. Gives you a flat tire. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Quite, an quite annoying. It is. Heel riders. That's what he's dealing with. And well, let's so, get okay. Yes. Let's get to the shame talking. We have a few minutes, and I think this is a very important subject, Cassandra. Especially, you, you've heard a lot of stuff in the news, and then even in the sports world, mm -hmm. people are being accused of sexual harassment more than ever. I mean, yeah. Bill, Bill Cosby, the guy from NBC Nightly News, yeah. a couple of senators, a couple of other politicians. It's on and on and on, and it's surfacing more and more and more. So maybe that's because of more awareness. Maybe it's because of social media. I don't know. Maybe somewhere in between. But tell us about your own uh, perspective on this topic and how you came to become more active in it. 
in the um, active, you know. Well, uh, about you know your dealings with this. My dealings. I mean, I'm an individual person, and you know, I kind of stand off from everybody, not not intentionally, not to say that I think I'm better, but naturally. I naturally get pulled apart from the rest of everyone else. And so I kind of stick out without trying to. And when you stick out without intending to, someone who does not like that will come after you. They'll come for you. And you have to be ready for that. Um, so, you know, dealing with this kind of stuff, it's bizarre. It's crazy. It's, it's frustrating. And you have to know the best just have to have the best attitude about it, you know. Do you think that a lot of this is because people like to prey on other people's alleged weaknesses, or is it jealousy, or is it somewhere in between? Yes, it's it's exactly that. You know, people they see us, they see me, see people, and they be like, "Okay, this is a vulnerable person. I can exercise my bullying skills on this person," but they realize really quickly that they're not going to be able to. Because the person they thought was vulnerable, seemingly, did not, was not actually what they thought. And my experience, if you don't mind me talking about it briefly. No. My experience with shame talking was when I was doing, when I was introduced with an opportunity at the Massachusetts State House, and I found the letter that my bill got filed, and naturally I was excited. And someone from State House News reached out to me and we discussed doing an article. And the interview happened at the office and the State House. And, and um, you know, they came along, you know, the person I was supervised by came along and decided he wanted to pull me aside and tell me, oh, you don't get to be so excited about this and what you're doing is this and everything you're doing is happening too fast and all these things. And you pretty much was trying to pick my brain and try to make me feel bad because of what was going on and how fast it took off. And because I had the interview at the office and he wanted to be there, but he couldn't. He wasn't there in enough time to be there. And by the time he came back around, I was gone, and so was State House News reporter. The secretary was there, and she said nothing bad happened. All they did was talk to Cassandra about her bill and what she was doing at the time. I was doing constituent specialty. Um, and the supervisor I was under was pretty much always pulling me aside to say really mean things about what I was doing. You know, trying to shame talk me, trying to make me feel bad. And anytime I ignored him, he got even more annoying. And he went and he dug his heels into my VR counselor's back and pretty much made him join the bandwagon of shame talking me. So when I ignored both of them, they both started to team tag. So I stopped speaking to both of them once my opportunity was done. And now, every now and then, I'll hear from a certain individual, and they say they were talking about me still, even after all this happened months ago in the summer. 
they're still talking about me and how else they can try to tell me that what I'm doing is not right. Or now, now, Cassandra, real, real quick, because I know Bob's coming up against the clock here. Um, I, I've got a quick question. What you just described sounds to me like employee harassment, management harassment. Um, in 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 my company, which is a private uh, manufacturing company, that's grounds for immediate dismissal. Um, were you able to get these people um, justifiably uh, able to have that punishment type of punishment served? I couldn't figure out who else to talk to about this. Wow. So, like, you couldn't just go to their boss and say, hey, I'm, I'm filing a harassment or annoyance or whatever it is um, complaint against these two individuals? No, their bosses were never even never really available and I could never get a hold of them. So I figured, you know, I wow. won't have I won't have to deal with them anymore. And still, you know, that's every amazing. Time, every time I show up to the state house, I see that one individual. It's like he has a radar to see when I'm coming around he's always coming around and so did I, feel- did I did I did I one one what just real quick Bob uh, Cassandra did I misread or was this guy also vision impaired No this guy is fully sighted Oh he is okay I am thinking of somebody else Which is which is the which is the point actually Yeah He's sighted okay, I think if he were visually impaired he'd have to really be careful as to what he's trying to do because it would come back on him too. Yeah. I mean, not that what he, not that what the fully sighted guy is doing is right because it's not right. Cassandra, what would be your uh, lesson that you can offer other people in your situation who deal with this on a regular basis? What would you recommend that they do? Because I'm sure that you are not the only case. I find that hard to believe that you would be the only case. Um, so there might be some lessons here that might be uh, administered. Well, the first thing I would like to say is stay strong in your movement. You know, whatever you're doing, especially if it's not causing anybody any harm, keep it going. Keep doing it. In fact, when they get on your nerves and they complain to you about what you're doing, dig your heels in deeper. Hold on to it much stronger. Um, Don't let them unhook your fingers. Um... And secondly, keep a track, keep track of everything they say to you and never have one-on-one discussions. Always keep a trail in emails. Keep track of the emails and print them out and save it. Yeah, it's called CYA, Cassandra. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We all know what that stands for, but we'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, any final thoughts, Cassandra, before we have to conclude? Um, I'd like to say thank you for, you know, having me on. And I hope everyone who hears this will learn from this. And if they feel like they're, you know, feeling discouraged, I hope this gives them a breath of fresh air and they regain some strength and they dig their heels in stronger and keep it going. I agree 100%. Uh, but as I said at the outset, getting back to your legislation about the travel problems, I sincerely hope, and I know that I'm going to be assuming this about Al, but I'm sure I'm right, that Al agrees that this ought to go national. There should be federal legislation adopted, even though you're using Massachusetts as a pilot, and that 
everybody should, whether you're disabled or not, should have their belongings uh, cared for in the most proper fashion by anybody, whether it's airports and even bus stations, anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Because our, our, our valuables are our valuables and we need them for what we do in life. Yeah. Cassandra, do you have a place where people can go to view what you're doing? Um, right now I use my Facebook page. How do people access that? Uh, well, they'll just send me a friend request and I'll accept them. So that's and Cassandra with one S, right? C-A-S-A-N-D-R-A. Yes. And then uh, last name X-A-V-I-E-R. Yes. All right. Well, they can just drop you a line there. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you're very inspiring, uh, Cassandra, and um, I'm sure Bob agrees. We'd love to have you back as a guest again. I appreciate it. It was awesome. You know, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming on. And we'll give you one more venue, Cassandra, which will be Monday night on the Branco broadcast to come on then. Awesome. I do at this time. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cassandra. Oh, no, I was saying awesome. All right, great. I want to at this time acknowledge the folks who are airing in perspective. We have uh, the Massachusetts Radio Reading Service. So, Cassandra, you might want to know that this will be aired on Tuesday uh, at 4.30. Awesome. On the Massachusetts Radio Reading Service. Oh. Also, CJOY Internet Radio, possibly radio. And now a new venue up on the chat oasis bulletin board uh, the administrator of that chat system is putting our shows up there not to mention that i have my own lists that i send a link out to and speaking of which if anybody wants to comment on what cassandra is doing or, or anything else about this program please feel free to email us at branco 182 at verizon.net b-r-a-n-c-o 182 at verizon.net net and you can also reach me as well at uh, uh al hensel here at lone wolf l-o-n-e-w-o-l-f 771 at verizon.net that's lone wolf 771 at verizon.net um, voice 508-478-3882 and cassandra i want to not only thank you for coming on obviously but to Keep us posted as to what happens in case we don't hear it on the news. I'm yeah, concerned. that would be appreciated. Uh, this is not getting out there. I will do my best to get it out there. Thank you. Know, you. Once you send me some more information. Uh, I, but this should be on the news. I appreciate it. Very good. Thanks again for being with us on In Perspective. Thank you, Cassandra. And Alan, of course, thank you as always for being a very loyal co-host. And everybody, you have a safe week, and we look forward to the next time. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. In the meantime, somewhere there is or there are multiple cases of people getting assaulted by security guards in airports. I believe there was a deaf pregnant woman and her service dog that got punched in the face and the dog got beat up too. Now, this is beyond insane. Like seriously, she got punched, 
and so did her service animal. Well, a deaf woman or a deaf person that uses a service animal, they call it, I guess the proper terminology is a hearing dog. The same way that a blind person would have a service animal would call it a guide dog. So this woman is deaf and she's pregnant and she gets punched and they they beat her dog up too. And I'm like, are you serious? This is slowly making its way or quickly making its way around faster than Becky the party crasher who called the police on the black family for having a cookout minding their very own business I really wish she would do that too like mind her own business and none of this would happen but the lady who got punched and her service dog that got beat up this brings up lots and lots of issues of people with disabilities getting beat up and no one doing anything about it this is absolutely crazy like seriously uh this speaks multiple volumes to me because I am someone with disabilities and I'm a disability advocate aside from a podcaster and people like they just don't understand what it is like to be like us only if we can trade roles and have them be in our shoes for a week and treat them the way they treat us maybe they wouldn't be so stupid anymore or insensitive people who mistreat those with disabilities you should always have respect for people with disabilities but I don't know what happened with that anymore I don't know where the respect for people in general has gone it's gone down to shit seriously so this is part of what explains why I have been very apprehensive about getting a guide dog just the day before yesterday I finally did my video of me walking and showing those who would be watching at the guide dog school how I walk around the city of Boston with my white cane. I did a small portion of the city of me walking around in some part of the area. I had to go back and finish teaching so I couldn't go too far. So if I get a guide dog or when I finally get my seeing eye dog from a guide dog school out of state, I don't want anybody trying anything fresh at all. Like, no. And it's part of the reason why I've been extremely apprehensive. Like, it's already hard being someone who's blind and navigating in a world that's not catered to people with any disabilities at all. This is a world that's catered to those who are sighted and hearing and able-bodied. This world was like everything, society, all this stuff was not catered to people with disabilities. We were the last to be thought of. They pretty much seen us as underlings. And I don't want to sound negative about this, but this definitely hits a nerve several times. When I hear about people and their service animals being abused and mistreated, my question is, why? Why would you do that for? what caused it like what led up to the service like the woman or any person with a service animal getting abused and their service animal too now this is why such legislation exists disability awareness training this is the reason why people you need to learn how to interact with those that have disabilities you really do because if you don't you're always going to have problems. 
You're always going to have people giving you drive-by lawsuits because you're not paying attention and you're not being considerate to those that are not like you. Now, when I finally get a service dog, I will expect that, well, not a, I'm not going to say service dog. I will say a guide dog, a guide dog for the blind and visually impaired. When I finally get my guide dog, I will expect to have numerous cancellations from Uber and Lyft or even paratransit. I'll expect that to happen because they don't want dogs in their car. Um, but they don't understand that, you know, it is part of the business. You have to accept someone with a service animal because it's not just a random pet. It is an animal with a purpose. It's a service animal. How much more explanations should you need? Like, what else? So, I will expect to have lots and lots of cancellations or sudden pull-offs from Ubers and Lyfts. And I will be expecting to do a lot of reporting as well. Because I have some friends here in the area that have been seriously mistreated by Uber and Lyft because they have guide dogs. Um, And so... This right here, this insanity, all of this all together is insane. It seems like we're seeing more and more things happen to people with disabilities. Like, I'm a disability advocate and what gets on my nerves the most is when people act like we are some type of diathesis or something. Like, we're not supposed to be treated like a human being. If there is blood going through our veins and our heart is beating and we're alive then we are definitely worthy of being treated with respect just as you think you are too honestly because most times these are people who are born with disabilities they were not people who were without disabilities and then later in life occur like had these issues happen to them no This is what we have. This is what we know. We don't know anything else. And this is our life. So the last thing we need is someone who is very inconsiderate and negligent, making things much worse. We don't expect you to cater to us, but we expect you to respect us the same way you would want to be respected. It's called equal treatment. Respect goes both ways. If you don't respect me, don't don't expect anything to come back to you absolutely not and we remain firm by that so shout out to the lady and her service dog that were abused and I hope all of this stuff gets resolved and they should be going under serious disability awareness training. We have to push this really, really hard. All of these businesses and airports and all these airlines are under hot water because of the lack of disability awareness training. I put forward some legislation here in Massachusetts about this because I had an experience that was unbelievable. Um, I will talk about it because... It needs to be addressed, and this is part of what, this is the reason why 
disability awareness training needs to be emphasized. Extra emphasis should be put on it. So back in 2014, no, actually 2015, I was flying to Minnesota to go to my second training center for the blind. And I carried with me some very expensive equipment. Now, these things, you're talking about like $5,000 braille displays. And I talked about this situation on the radio before. So you're going to hear about it more and more. So until you, until you're sick and tired of it. I have multiple pieces of equipment that I travel with because it's what I use on a daily basis. Braille displays, uh, note takers for the blind and visually impaired. I use these things all the time and they're not cheap. So going through TSA, my bag is nicely organized the way I want my shit to be. And then the TSA goes and takes everything that's in the bag and dumps my shit out on the fucking table. And I heard the computer hit the fucking table. And I immediately was like, look, this stuff is very fucking expensive. Do not just drop my stuff on the table like that. Please be respectful to put it back the way you found it or don't touch it at all. And even before I told him, it's all just a bunch of blindness equipment. I don't think you need to go through every single crack and corner of my shit. But he still did. Nothing went back into place. My bag was in such horrible condition. And when I finally got to my destination, when I made it to Minneapolis, one side of my braille display was damaged. And I was out of my distance communication equipment for a couple of months. I had to send it back to the company to get it repaired and it cost lots of money. Talk about $300 and some change or $400 to repair my braille display. Now, luckily, it was still in warranty so it was able to get done quickly. I got my new braille display and when I called the airline about it, Nobody wanted to take responsibility for it. So I said, all right, cool. You're not going to take responsibility for it? Guess what? I got something for you, monkey asses. As soon as I get back to Massachusetts, watch what's going to happen. So I get back to Massachusetts and I start drafting my piece of legislation and I take it to my House of Representatives and I said, boom, this is what's going on. Fix this problem. Help me fix it. The thing that people fail to understand is when you go to your House of Representatives and you talk to your legislative aide or your representative, people think that they can just bring the problem to them with no solution. What makes these people in that House of Reps want to help you is if you have a solution to your problem. So that's what I did. I brought my problem to them as well as a solution. My problem was that my equipment has been getting destroyed and no one has been paying for it and I've been having to pay for these things by myself and that's not supposed to happen and I wasn't advocating on my behalf but I was advocating on behalf of many other people with many other disabilities to be treated respectfully as well as their personal fucking belongings so legislation was drafted it was given a bill number a hearing happened And I put some publicity out there, got onto a couple of news articles, 
uh, got onto the Massachusetts State House News and um, article, and then was doing seminars in the Boston area talking about my stuff and you know what I was working on and now I am deemed and I've earned the title of being called a disability advocate um so yeah I'm sorry about all the extra profanity but I'm not sorry I'm sorry but I'm not sorry so until it happens to you or someone you care about then you'll see exactly why I get annoyed every time I think about it even though the equipment is fixed still it's my stuff and you ask them to be careful with it and they just tossed it around. Yeah, there's security measures to follow, but still. Where is the respect for people with disabilities? Where is the respect for people, period? It has made me quite apprehensive about flying anywhere for a long time because I can't not travel with my braille display. I like to have it with me because I use it and I have a note taker that I store my books on and I want to read my books out of my braille display. Why can't I? Why should I have to not use my stuff because TSA is going to treat my stuff like shit? Well, in return for this mistreatment, I would like to take all of their iPhone 10s and send it sliding down the escalator see how they like it. I hope it doesn't have warranty. Now I want to see how they feel. See how it feels? You don't like it. Your expensive iPhone X's have been slid across the escalator and it's not getting paid for. So, yeah. You better hope it doesn't get caught in the blades on the floor. But, that is just my frustration. Rightfully so, I have a right to be frustrated about this, just as anybody else would. So when I hear about these things and people with disabilities getting mistreated, first question, where's the respect for people with disabilities? Second, why are you hiring these idiots that don't know how to treat people with disabilities? Third, did you ever think that a disability awareness training crash course wouldn't be a good idea? And lastly, What makes you think people with disabilities don't travel? Like seriously, do you think we just sit at home twiddling our thumbs and drooling everywhere? Hell no. Just so you know, us blind and visually impaired people and folks with all types of disabilities have same, we experience similar types of life experiences just like anybody without disabilities. We have gossip, we have drama, just like you guys. And of course, it's hard to get out of it because people rope us in just like you get roped into all this drama in your life as well. We live lives. We have things going on. People are, you know, people with disabilities are married. They have children. They have grandkids. We are just like everyone else. So fucking be respectful to us and our shit. 